Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It is 107 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer working at a home office. This is Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these challenging, uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT technology and software every tuesday mark specker for the horses and horse race in alberta joins us spec is uh, going to continue through the next segment and we are pleased to be joined on the line by longtime flyers executive and uh, former edmonton oiler former philadelphia uh, flyer and once uh, one of the scariest men in the national hockey league we welcome back to the show dave brown hello dave how you doing hey bob how you doing hey mark Oh, all yeah, right, Brownie. What's uh, what's? Hey, look. Uh, thanks for doing this. How how is everything going for you right now? And how's how challenging or or you know is the hockey business when you're involved in the scouting end of things from a pro side? Yeah, well, we're we're completely shut down. Everybody's staying close to home. Um, the you know there's nothing for us to do right now. We we have the odd uh, conference call and that just to keep in touch and talk about things. But uh, as far as traveling, that there's none of that going on. So, I guess I would say, like, you know, the amateur guys have a have a obviously a draft coming up, and hopefully they saw all their players as much as they had to. Uh, I know you're pro scouts, Dave, but uh, you know, how does it? If we ever have a free agency, and if we ever have a trading season in the summer prior to the draft or any of that stuff, are you guys going to be as prepared as you need to be to you know to improve your club next year? Well, I think we can. Like, I, I can't see us adding too many free agents, but if we did, I can't speak for that. But, like, I don't, you know, what are the rules going to be? What's the, the NHL got to do? I mean, there's so much stuff that's unforeseen here moving forward. But I, I, I think we'll be ready. We have good coverage. We know the players. And so that's the main thing. We'd be ready if uh, we have to speak about a player. But, um, you know, as far as the rules of what the NHL is going to make, that we're, we're all going to do uh, – territory that we haven't before with the way it is right now 
Yeah, absolutely. We're joined by Dave Brown. Mark Spector's with us as well. Bob Stoffer, Oilers now. Dave, uh, tonight on uh, Sportsnet, and Speck wrote a piece about this. Uh, they are going to show the entire 1987 Stanley Cup final. Uh, the first Stanley Cup final since 71 to have gone seven games. Now, look, you won a cup with the Oilers in 1990, but what do you specifically, you know, when I bring up the 1987 Stanley Cup final, what what, what sort of crosses your mind right away? Um, well, it, I, it, it was a great series. It was, um, you know, for us, it was a kick in the gut. We, we were close. We were really close. We, we, we weren't a better team, but we were very close to doing it, and then when we didn't win in the end, that was, I mean, that still hurts now, even, um, but um, I remember it as a very intense series. We were uh, probably, uh, you know, lucky to come back. I think they, after they got up 3-1, to one, I think they kind of let off a little bit and we got back into the series. But I remember it to be a very thrilling series. It was uh, very intense. Uh, I'm still glad to have been part of it. And, um, you know, I, I think from some of the hockey that I've seen, it is one of the best series I've ever seen. Well, Ronnie Hextall, you know, he was uh, one of the, I mean, he's the last non-cup winner to win the Conn Smythe. I believe that still stands. Uh, But he was more than that. He gave you guys like, he seemed like a guy, it reminds me of Mike Smith with the Oilers this year. He gave your team a lot of confidence. He was, he was a head swagger and he stopped all the pucks too. But what kind of guy was he, what kind of lift did he give you as your goalie? Well, he's a fiery guy. He was very... um, um, he played with a lot of energy, a lot of intensity. He was, you know, he was a big reason why we got there. But, you know, like anybody has to have good goaltending. I mean, Fierzy was unbelievable for the Oilers that year, too. He could have easily won the MVP, too. But Hextall, if we didn't have him playing the way he played, we wouldn't have made it. But he was an extremely intense guy. You just left him alone and let him do it. I mean, he was ready to play all the time. And, you know, he, he played like the Flyers liked. I mean, he played with fire and he played hard and he was tough and, and he competed. Um, but he was, I, I thought he deserved the, uh, the MVP that year. He was, he was unbelievable. You know what I remember about game one, uh, end, of, end of the first period, if I'm not mistaken, and I didn't know a lot about Kelly Buckberger at that time, but he, I mean, Dave, Dave, you were Dave Brown. Everybody knew, you know, it was you and uh, Proby. You were two of the toughest. You had a teammate a couple of years earlier, uh, Dave Richter, who was a, was also left-handed, and he could really chuckle yeah. as well. Uh, but I remember Kelly Buckberger, he almost kind of went after you a bit, like late in the first. What were you thinking in this, you know, this kid right up from the minors? He hadn't even played for the Oilers in a regular season game at that point. Uh, you know what? I'd give him some time. I knew it was like to come in as a young guy. I mean, if he wanted, if he did want to fight me, I, I, I would have fought him. But you know, I could just lay off and, and let him play, let him get his feet wet. I think, you know, guys probably did that for me when I came in too. So no, I, I wouldn't have bothered with him unless he, unless he was really looking for it, or if he was yeah. in our guys and that. I would just let him play. Who was it? You know, in Edmonton, in Edmonton, they got pretty nervous because the, you know, they had. Like you said, maybe having to let their foot off the gas. You guys played pretty well. You came back on the Oilers every game, all series. Uh, what was the feeling in your dressing room and in your, you know, in the Flyers group when you're coming home after or coming to Edmonton after Game Six? You know, you beat them Game Five. You went back to Spectrum. You beat them Game Six. 
you guys are right in this thing. It's a one-game series now. You, it, you know, I don't know I was surprised in your group, but you must have felt, you know, like you were giving the Oilers everything they could handle. Well, you know, we we had we were very good defensively. We might have been maybe well. We won games to play because we kept the puck out of our net. We played defense. We didn't have. We weren't even close to the skill level that the Oilers had. They, they they would outscore us any time. But I can remember in the seventh game, we, we scored the first goal of the game. That would be the first in the whole series. So we did get the lead. And we had a couple other chances there that we didn't jersey stoned us. And, you know, if we would got up two or three goals, we would have been tough to beat. But, we, you know, we didn't score on them. But um, we had a really extremely hard-working group. We took care of our own end. Um, Mark Howell and, and Brad McCrimmon on our back end, uh, Brad Marsh and Doug Crossman, they, they played unbelievable. And Mark Howell, this day, was one of the, probably maybe the best defenseman I ever played with. He, he was unbelievable in the series. But we, we worked extremely hard. Uh, we, we didn't make a lot of mistakes defensively. And, you know, that kept us in a lot of games in that. But we, we weren't even close to the skill level that the Oilers had. Um, but... You know, we were good enough to, to get close to it, and it's still, like I said, a kick in the gut uh, not to beat them, but we, we we weren't the better team. Well, you know what I remember, Dave? Uh, just going into that 87 final, like you guys had played maybe, what, 20 games or something like that? Like, you had some long, nasty, I mean, Montreal, you had the brawl before the game, and I think Tim Kerr was hurt for you guys. I don't think, I mean, look, everybody's hurt in the playoffs. Pretty sure Poulin was playing with a bad injury as well. But Timmy Kerr, I mean, Tim Kerr led yeah. the league in goal scoring. He was a hell of a player for you guys. Oh, yeah, well, that that's one, one regret I have. His, his shoulders are bad. We didn't have him in the 85 series either. And... You know, I I always wish that that uh, he'd have been healthy because he might have been the difference. I mean, he was scoring. I think four years he had over 50 goals, and one year he had almost 60. You know, Tim Kerr was probably good for at least five goals in a series. So you know that might have been the difference. But we didn't have him, so you know there's no excuses there. Um, but you know the the series was that close that something like that could have maybe tipped it our way. Yeah, the uh, brawl with. The brawl, sorry, Spec. The brawl with Montreal. You <laughs> think about that today. Well, you know, you're we we see on the road pro scouting and stuff, especially out east. You think of guys on the ice without skates involved in a full scale. It's kind of crazy when you think about it today, isn't it, Dave? Well, it is. You know, and and um, I think that was really the start to the end because uh, the end of fighting is because uh, they brought the rule in that next summer that if you came off the bench. It was like a 10-game suspension for any kind of bench-clearing brawl. But, yeah, it was um, – we we had a long road there. Like you said, uh, we played 26 of 28 playoff games. Then we uh, went six with uh, the Rangers, seven with the Islanders. We went six with Montreal, and then it was seven with the Oilers. So uh, – but we played a lot of games. It didn't seem to bother us, though. I mean, we, 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 we were in good shape and we worked. But, yeah, the, the, the brawl was – well, it was always this thing about uh, Lemieux and Corson putting the puck in the empty net, and you know it's kind of like just um, you know who's who are the biggest guys on the block anyway. You know it, it was going to come to a fight before we were going to beat them anyway, and, and that's what happened. We did it wasn't planned. Yeah, some people think it was planned. It wasn't planned, but we we were going to um, you know a couple guys in our room said they're not going to put it in our net tonight, and that's what happened. So, uh, you know, it's, 
Well, we were back in that back in the day, we were used to a few bench clearing brawls, but not before the game started. Well, that was that was the weird thing. It, it yeah. wasn't really a bench clear; it was a dressing room clearing brawl, right? Because everybody, yeah. guys were coming out yeah. of the room in in their socks and with no shirt on. Um, yeah, didn't you didn't cross. you fight didn't you fight Nylon in that that scrap? Yeah, I went after him. Yeah, yeah, he was the guy you, I matched up with. I think you came out of the room without any shoulder pads or any jersey or anything on for him to grab onto. Is that correct? Yeah, but I had a rib pad on. Um, I broke my ribs earlier that year, but um, yeah, I mean, I used to come in for warm up and I take my take my jersey off and my shoulder pads off to just to uh, just to cool down. And so I was sitting around, and then uh, our trainer comes in and said, oh, they're out there." So we just didn't bother picking up anything. And, you know, it was a little bit of an advantage, so I didn't hate that. Hey, uh, Dave, you ended up coming to Edmonton, and uh, you're you're involved in one of the greatest moments in Oilers uh, uh, folklore. That involves Jimmy Kite in 91, but you won the Cup in 1990. Uh, you were able to, and you played a big part of that because the Oilers, uh, that game February 28, 1990 against the Kings, I think that was a mammoth game for the, the club to get over Wayne Gretzky. And that was just how the game was played back then, wasn't it, Dave? Yeah, it was It was more physical in that way. I think uh, guys protected themselves more, too. And, um, you know, there was just a, there was a, a code, you know. You, you had to have toughness in your lineup, otherwise you couldn't. You, you, your uh, your skill guys would have trouble. Other teams would take advantage of them. So you had to have toughness in your lineup, and at least just have that presence. Like um, all the guys there, they they would play through anyway. Like Mess and 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 Glenn Anderson, all those guys. You know, I, I don't think they need that, but to have the toughness there, it just made them better players. Well, you know, it's funny. We keep taking. Uh, we're going back to a different time with toughness and all that. And one of the things. Dave, that existed then that I don't think exists anymore was all the buildings were different, you know. Buildings had a real persona, and, and some buildings were way harder to play in than others. And today they're so much the same, but tell us about the spectrum, you know. What were the, what do you think your advantages were when a bunch of, when the other team walked into the spectrum and looked around and had to play in that building with those fans and that history? What were your memories of the spectrum? Well, you know, we were really we were just the guys that were carrying it on. It was Schultze and Clarky and all those guys that they're the ones that were really the broad street bullies. And we benefited a lot from them because uh, you know, they set the tone and they, they kinda of brought along that kind of hockey. But, you know, the Flyers at that time, they just said before that, they they just said, you know, they weren't gonna get bullied anymore and and, and that's when uh, Keith Allen built that team. And we were the ones that just benefited that benefited from that because, you know, they were so tough and, and it just seemed like there was an aura there when you went into the spectrum that, you know, you're going to get it that night. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we benefited a lot from the from the older guys in that. But, you know, I feel like we carried it on and, and it, it, the spectrum was, an, was a huge advantage for us, I thought. Dave, I already mentioned Dave Richter. There was, uh, when you first got there, Ben Wilson, who had to have been top five tough guys of all time. I remember when uh, Baxter broke, uh, you know, busted him up and he got up and pulled himself off the mat and kicked the living snot out of him. Uh, You had Richter, you had Daryl Stanley was tough, Rick Tockett. 
But I, I want to talk just a bit about the Oilers Flame Series of 91. Uh, of course, we all remember the Jim Kite thing. But the last two Stanley Cup champions, I mean, you played some tough series in Philly. But that was that series with Calgary, That the oh. teams were killing each other. Was that arguably the toughest series you ever played in? It could have been, yeah. It was yeah. that was an unbelievable series too. Like uh, extremely competitive, that tough. Like you talk about tough, yeah. That that was maybe right up there with any some of the toughest series I'd ever been in. Well, and I think it was, uh, you know, there again, it was a different time. Like the uh, players still from two different teams, they didn't like each other back then. Pittsburgh and Philly didn't like each other. Edmonton and Calgary didn't like each other. They played a lot during the season. Uh, you know, that was the last of the great Edmonton Calgary series. We hoped we'd get another this year, Dave. We never did, but but there was still something about being an oiler walking into Calgary back then, wasn't there? And, and being a flame walking into Edmonton. It wasn't just like any other series when that other jersey showed up in your rink. No, there's no doubt about it. It was it was tough, you know. Um they um I I, I guess, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but like you know, you always knew that you're going to have to play them, you know, to, to get out of there most of the time. And it was going to be a tough, tough games no matter uh, when it was. Um, I don't know, like, I don't know if I could equate it to any of the, the, the like, you know, we played in the Patrick division with, with the Flyers and that, maybe playing like the Rangers in Washington. You know, I don't know if they had the kind of toughness that, you know, like Calgary had and Edmonton had. So it's tough to compare, but I think, you know, any of those series between Edmonton and Calgary, is, there, there wasn't anybody that's uh, any tougher series than I've ever played in in that. Dave, just to wrap up, Dave Brown, longtime NHLer, one of the toughest men to ever play for the Flyers and the Oilers. Uh, scared George LaRock once when you were with San Jose. George tells a story about he was so scared of looking you in the eyes that he looked straight back between his legs because he he didn't want to think you were in, he was engaging you. But I, I want to ask you. About- <laughs> I want to ask you about the here and now of it, you know, because toughness, it's, there, there's always been a different part of toughness, and that's competitiveness and battling through adversity and playing through, you know, fighting through checks. And, and that's kind of how we evaluate players today, elite players, is how do they respond to getting knocked on their ass out on the ice and, and getting worked over. But that's, that's really a part of gauging today's player because there isn't as much fighting, but there are different ways today, aren't there, Dave, to sort of assess players' competitiveness in their spirit well that's that, yeah that's how you describe them more you know if they're going to battle through if they can take a hit they can give a hit um you know you're not going to talk in in the terms of fighting at all um if a guy can fight well then that's just a bonus but um no they're gonna have to be uh, tough enough not to be uh to basically take care of themselves you know be able at least stand up to somebody or finish a check um, I think you described it pretty well, but um, no, I think all players have to have some kind of toughness to play the game to a certain point anyway, but um, it is a different kind of toughness now where they, they don't have to fight to be tough. Dave, thanks for taking us a trip down memory lane, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll see you. I don't know if we're going to see you this summer, but hopefully we'll be seeing you next fall out east on an Oilers road trip, okay? Okay, Bob, thanks. You bet. You, that you is... Talk with you, Mark. All right, you too, Ronnie. That is uh, legendary uh, NHL enforcer, one of the good guys in the business, Dave Brown. Mark Spector, thank you very much for joining us over the last hour. 
and uh, Speck will uh, rejoin us next Tuesday. We'll tell you this, that during the season, the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, and the staff at uh, James H. Brown uh, want to wish you and yours uh, the best during these challenging times. Stay safe, everybody. Uh, the Oilers players, their top-end guys, were always a little bit safer when Dave Brown was on the ice for the Edmonton Oilers. Again, you can tweet us at Oilers now. Tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer. Tweet Brendan Escott at Brendan Escott. Uh, Dave joined us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. We will get to some Ashley Fine Floors texts coming up at uh, about uh, 145-ish. Kurt Hill is the uh, GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings. He'll join us at 135. Uh, at 130, a global news weather uh, traffic pandemic COVID-19 update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.